Welcome to the Pretty and Purpose Podcast, where we remind you that your pretty is beyond what the eyes can see, and your purpose is your ultimate destiny. We must fix each other's crowns because sometimes, girl, they be raggedy. (laughs) This is Celeste, Maya, and this is Jess. Welcome back, Posse. Welcome back. Oh, I, I did that <laughs> That's all right. If that's again. how your spirit moves. Your spirit. Okay. <laughs> hey, everybody. So we are back again with another uh-uh. episode. What? We we got a whole gang with us today, y'all. We have my dog, Mello. We have Ronan making all types of cute baby noises. So just bear with us for this episode. <laughs> Last week, uh, and we... And smiled t- when you said that. Oh. Not the dog, the baby. <laughs> <laughs> Last week we talked about um, healing, healing, yes, and the giving permission to heal and the yes. importance of healing. So, yeah. ladies, did you guys uh, have any experiences in this area? This well, week? I well it wasn't this week, but um, I just wanted to call, to to mention that on your healing journey, it's important to um, do things that kind of make you feel yourself and. Um, make you feel good and get you back on track. During my healing process, I was able to get a pedicure, and that was, you know, it just made me feel good and made me feel like, whew, okay, I'm still human and making you me pamper yourself. Yeah, just doing the, taking time to do the little things that make you feel good. Well, speaking of doing things to make you feel good, um, my niece, who is, how old is she, six? We were in the car, and she was like, um, I feel like myself again. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, what do you feel like yourself? She was like, because you did my hair again. I feel oh. like myself. She oh, said, because those three ponytails, I ain't say, to... she said, I ain't say nothing, but I'm like, what you mean? She wasn't feeling them ponytails. <laughs> well, like, when I first did them, she was fine, but maybe because they had gotten old, yeah. she like, nah, this ain't it. So when I redid it, and she just randomly in the car like, I feel like myself again. I'm like, she's what in healing. the world? <laughs> That's how I used to feel when my mom did my hair. Let's talk about that later when we talk about fixing okay. things. <laughs> oh, well, that, um, That's our topic. that is our topic for today. But before we get into our topic of fixing things, we are going to start off as we start off every podcast with our royal moment. What's the royal moment? The Royal Moment is a time where we uh, shout out some amazing queens who are doing some great things. So, I would like to shout out one of my friends. Her name is Tracy Brown, and she is a midwife, and she's awesome. So, Tracy and I have been friends since college, Um, and now she's a nurse midwife in D.C., and she is awesome. And the reason I'm shouting her out today is because I had a, or have a situation with a close um, friend of the family who really needed some medical care. And I contacted Tracy and she was so willing to help. Like the girl didn't have anything that she needed, like as far as like insurance, ID, any of that. But the um, organization that Tracy works for or the I don't think it's a clinic. Clinic, probably. Maybe it's a clinic. I don't know. Um, That she works for actually takes, like, undocumented um, people and just all types of people to provide medical services. Mm -hmm. So I was just so grateful that she was able to take her, like, right away. She was able to refer her to get a sonogram and really, like, set her on her way. Um, 
And so thank you so much, Tracy, for doing that. I think that we talk about healthcare a lot and how people aren't advocates for themselves. Like she mm-hmm. hadn't had any type of medical care since being pregnant. She was five wow. months. So for Tracy to be able to be like, come on, bring her in. I'll see her, you know, even though she didn't have insurance and she didn't have those things that she needed, like being able to step in like that was awesome. Yeah, so, thank you, that Tracy. That is awesome. <laughs> All right. And so... Moving forward, we are going to go into our cis second. And our cis second is a time where we pick some of those raggedy friends that we see around the town. So, Jess has our cis second for today. I would like to give... Is it yourself again? No. I don't know if it's necessarily a cis second, a bro second, or an it second. But I want to give this second to the people who send out... The speed camera tickets. <laughs> yes, I really am in my she feelings because I got a ticket for doing 52 and a 40. Mm-hmm. Now, let me tell you, That's I have lived speeding, <laughs> but it's not my ticket. Oh, okay. That's the issue. Okay. It's your car. There are three cars in the picture. Oh. So they must have taken whoever had the top speed and either sent us all a ticket <laughs> or they sent me a ticket because they could zoom into my license plate. So let me tell you what happened. Yes, it, it was says, probably you. No, it, okay. it says lane two. I'm in lane one <laughs> and I got a ticket. Girl, pay that ticket. <laughs> I'm not paying a ticket. She ain't paid the you five. Gonna, you want to take it to court? It's that's so inconvenient though. Like right, to take, take a ticket to go to work. Right. Is mean, it so forty dollars? It's forty dollars. Yeah, I just got one But it was mine was back in June. But they just sending it because their system was down for so long. Like now y'all just sending it. So I'm I was mad about that. Well, this was a few weeks ago. And let me tell you, but I know where the camera is. I drive that way every day. Every day mm-hmm. for like the past eight years. I know that the camera is there. I always slow down for the camera. It was probably still you. This it wasn't me. It was it was this little white car because they not familiar with the area. I already know because I knew when he was driving past. I said, "Oh, he's going to get get it." No, the ticket came to me. That's happened to me before. I'm serious. Every time I used to go to DC, I would get. I know where the camera is. Oh, I hate DC too. The the one where you coming over the bridge. Yep. On New York Avenue. Yeah, I got a ticket there too. Them tickets is like seventy five dollars. It was seventy five dollars, and I was so mad because I was going straight. It was a red light camera. But why do they have the lights on the side in DC? I hate that. Like they shouldn't be on the side. (laughs) Like testing your peripheral. I don't like it. So the six second goes to the people who issued the ticket. Yes, because they, they didn't the do the lane. research and they have the wrong lane. It Ooh. says lane two. I'm in lane one. Well, lane two would be the middle lane. <laughs> I'm, I'm near the median. Mm. She broke <laughs> So my sis, it broke. Whoever say, second, whoever you are, goes to you guys. Cause they ain't doing their job no. right now. They said, I'm going to zoom in and you're going to get this ticket. They probably sent it to everybody. And guess what? You're going to pay the ticket because they're going to get their $40 because who wants to go to court? So they probably, like sucks. you said, they probably said, well, we're going to go send it to all three of them. Nobody really 40, wants to go 40, to 40, 40. Right, exactly. And call it a day. Now we call got 120 and exactly. it was really only one person's speed. Yep. yep. That's how they do. And Kim, you can't prove it. You oh, can't, man. You know, what can you, you do? You can prove it. I went online. 
I said, uh-uh, this is not no... Yes, no. you one of them. You want to complain. <laughs> you submit a complaint? I didn't, but I will. <laughs> I sent it to my father. I said, Daddy, what can you do about this? And oh, he was like, man. well, is it your call? Right. I said, is it you? Yeah, I but said, it's yeah, lane. but it's not the right lane. He was like, oh, well, I guess you got to pay it. Yeah, Janice, you might have to go and pay that. Yeah. Unless she fix the system. Which moves us into our... I'll be trying, y'all. I'll be trying to get the <laughs> But no, for real. So today we are talking about fixing things. And um, I'm sure there are a lot of things in our lives that are broken, either physically, like things that need to be repaired around the house, or mm. <laughs> um, emotionally, you know, things that need to be fixed. Um, so we're going to get into those things. All right, Jess, so share with us some things on your journey where you had to fix some things. <laughs> so on today's segment of Where is Jess P? Let me just give you guys a little bit of backstory about how we do things. Um, so we have... <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we have... Um, we share topics, like if something comes up or something's on somebody's mind, they might write down the topic. Well, when I saw today's topic, I was just like, fix things? I don't know, like literally fix things? So, <laughs> let me just forewarn you guys that I am coming from a literal standpoint, but it made me like do some self-reflection in all of it. Okay. All right. so, I'm sure you're going to work it out. You're going to work it out. <laughs> Um, I realized that, you know, when I was growing up, my mom always taught me to fix things literally because she was, I mean, she was the head of the household. It was just her. So if she couldn't do it, who else was going to do it? So she had to do it. Right. And because of that, like she taught me to be self-sufficient. Like one day I can remember a Saturday morning, we were cementing the steps, (laughs) And oh, she over. really did everything. Like, when I tell you, she I used to call her Mrs. Fix-It. Oh because she would do everything. So, Saturday morning, we out there putting, like, mixing up the cement. <laughs> okay, mom. Like, she we literally. I, I mean, right. she have, But she's the type of person that's like, well, I could do it myself. We I know we said, that, yeah. ask for help. Right. But she's a, what I can do stuff. it. Yeah. And because of that, she taught me, don't mm-hmm. depend on people. Just be independent. You can do it yourself or you can figure out how to do it. Yeah. Right? So, like, now I know how to put up drywall and right. fix holes in the wall <laughs> and cement the steps. But I also realized, like, when I was six years old, and Maya, you talked about your niece not liking her hair. Uh-huh. My mom can't do hair. That's one thing that right. she cannot do. Because <laughs> <laughs> she can do some concrete on She can do some concrete. Yes. <laughs> she can, you know, mix it up, put it down on the steps. And what are the odds of that? And you had a kids with a lot of hair, a, lot of a hair. whole head of hair. And the irony is, my mom had long hair yes, when she was growing yeah. up, and then she cut it right. when she became an adult. And she went to the hair salon like oh, every wow. week. Uh-huh. Oh, to get it done to yeah. have her hair done because she can't. She still to this day she cannot do hair. <laughs> <laughs> she just can't do hair. So for me, like if I wanted my hair to look decent, I had to learn to do it myself. I right. had to fix it. Uh-huh. Right. She would give me that one raggedy ponytail <laughs> or the two ponytails, the one in the back with the one in on the, the on the side. Yeah. <laughs> right. I hated it. So. Could she part at least straight? No. Oh. So. <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> and I didn't even get like the cute barrette. Bones, like, bones or nothing. It was the 
the raggedy scrunchies. I hated those. So it was like, okay, learn how to fix your own hair. Right. You want to do it? You want to look good? Fix your own hair. <laughs> Even down to I learned how to sew because I, I wanted to, um, like, I just have ideas in my head. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that would be a cute idea for an outfit. And I'll just be like, can you put this together? And so now the people in my family are just like, um, well, actually, you can do it. So learn how to sew, and then you can put it together. So you made your own clothes? Made my own clothes. So you're fixing a lot of problems that you had that you're, like, trying to find a solution for. <laughs> so now that I'm an adult, <laughs> I feel like people come to me for fixing, and I hate that, You're too. the fixer. Yes, I've uh-huh. become the fixer. Uh-huh. And, like, even... To this day, like, I got a phone call on the phone for two hours yesterday. I won't say who in my family, but someone in my family calls me all the time, and I'm their therapist. (laughs) Because they need me to fix Mm -hmm. their problems. Um, And so, I joke and say, oh, I'm Jesse Van Zant now. (laughs) Just come lay on my couch. I'm your therapist. Because now, I gotta fix your life. (laughs) So, the lesson in all of this is... Don't be so fixed on fixing other people that you burn yourself out. Ooh. Just keep Wait a minute. Hold up. Can you tell the people again? She brought that back around. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. 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 So don't be so fixed uh-huh. on fixing other people and their issues uh-huh. that you burn yourself out. That's deep. Mm-hmm. It's That's deep good. because I've... When people are giving you or they're venting to you, like, you're now taking on their yep. issues. Yeah. And when do you have time to work on yourself? Because exactly. you're fixing other people's problems. And that's the issue that I was having. Listening to their issues. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then you don't have time to pour into yourself. Yeah. Or even pour out their issues. So mm-hmm. now it's like oh, having right. a Get cup rid of, of water. Yeah. <laughs> right. You have a cup of water. So they're constantly pouring in their, right. Right. their water. Yeah. And you're just filling up with air. Yeah. And now... You're overflowing. Right. You got to get rid of all of that. Yeah. Right. Fill it up with something else that's more positive. For yourself. For yeah. yourself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. So that is my lesson in all of this. If you're the fixer like I am, don't be so fixed on helping others that you forget to pour into yourself. So what do you do? You just tell people... I ain't got time to fix your problems today. You know, like, how do you turn people down? That's a good question because I haven't figured that out. Because I always feel like I need to help them. And if I'm not available, who's going to be available? And you feel obligated. Yeah. You feel Didn't guilt. we talk about this before? That's, like, that's, that's something that women suffer with. Yeah. Or oh, suffer um, from. What was it called? Emotional baggage. Labor. Labor. Emotional, Emotional labor. labor. Yeah. 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 Like, we just feel we obligated. Feel, yeah. Yeah, but I think once you reach a certain point of capacity, it's just like you got to be like, all right, look, I can't. I need, yeah, I need, I need to take a break. I need to take a step back. Um, but I think it's definitely something that you have to practice because I know for me, like I was that person that will always take on other people's stuff, and then I noticed like once my own load started to get heavy, I started kind of backing away from it because you don't, you don't have the capacity, you know, to do it. And then mm-hmm. now, you know, I kind of. Pick and choose where I want to involve myself and where I don't because everything, you know, can't be fixed. And I'm going to talk about that in my motivational moment, but, so I ain't going to get too deep. I mean, <laughs> now I have a question with that because now you say that you're picking and choosing, which I do sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
But then uh, how do you react when people are like, oh, why are you so distant? Why, why aren't you answering my calls? And now it's an issue because mm-hmm. it's like, well, I, I don't feel like dealing with your battle today. Right. Well, and, and, <laughs> I, th- I think that you can say it, but maybe not in that way. But just like, you know, I'm sorry. I got a lot going on in my plate. I can't even give you the attention that you really need right now because I have a lot going on. And so. But how about just listening and not having a solution? Don't fix nothing. But then some people. Just right, listen. Like you and once you hear, last. right, once you hear, you like, all right, you go with I, the mode. Sometimes I just listen. Listen, and I say, oh, okay. Oh, man. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. True. All but what right. if they're looking to you for a solution? You might not have a solution. You just yeah. say, I don't I know about that. Yeah, I don't know about that one. That's a tough one. And yeah. then they still keep talking. Like, that's a whole two hours out of my life that I wasted <laughs> on your issue, and I'm not really listening. Oh. Yeah. We might have to leave them on read. <laughs> no, these are, these <laughs> are phone, phone calls. calls. <laughs> FaceTime phone calls in person. I'm yeah. just like, oh. Gosh. Or or you might just be busy. Like you can listen for 10, 15 minutes, but then you gotta go because you're busy. Yeah. You know, sometimes you finding that balance. We've talked about that. I know. Mm-hmm. It's just practicing it. That's it. <laughs> Putting stuff in the place. In the moment, you're just like, oh, let me just fix you right now. Right. Let me just fix you right now. So that you won't come back and then you still come back. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Like you ain't even listened to the advice that I gave you. That was the solution. I'm going to just start telling them. I don't even listen to my own advice. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to me. I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, Celeste, what advice do you have for the people <laughs> in fixing things? <laughs> so in today's segment of CB Secrets, I want to talk about how in today's society, we are always trying to fix something about ourselves. We're constantly trying Mm. to fix our bodies. People are fixing their facial features or going to get implants, you know, booties, breasts, whatever, Uh whatever to fix their bodies. Now, I can't lie. I have tried to fix. I've considered fixing a few things on myself. But I surgically Mm -hmm. fix it? Um, I don't know. Insurance paid for it. I probably would. <laughs> okay, but since it's so expensive, I haven't. Got it. I do want to get LASIK eye surgery. Okay, okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's right? yeah. yeah, I can yeah, fix my eyes. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. cool, cool, cool. So that was acceptable. It's your appearance, right? That right. Yeah. people are trying to constantly fix their appearance, and I feel like it's really just to sort of go in line with what society says we yeah. should yeah. look like, or who, yeah. how you should look yeah basically yeah. just how you should look mm-hmm. um but i have tried um cool sculpting yeah um, what's that it's like they use cold to try to like to burn like burn oh, or to like yeah, I've heard of freeze that. your fat your fat i don't really and... know it sounded good and the before and after pictures was looking lit <laughs> i was like yes sign me up i had actually put that on my credit card and i'm still paying that Are off yeah did it work you know credit no <laughs> reason why it didn't work is because i didn't fight it i didn't, didn't work right <laughs> i didn't deal with the underlying issues oh, now, oh, my diet okay. my exercise you know whatever the case may be so it's like we're trying to find these artificial ways to fix something about ourselves when instead of focusing on the deeper rooted yeah, issue mm-hmm. that's causing and then natural that. fixes yeah. for those problems exactly yeah. but not even if it's a problem like you want to fix your facial feature whatever yeah why mm-hmm. what's wrong right, with your right. eyes or your nose or your lips like mm-hmm. why do you feel you need to get to that underlying issue as to why you feel like you need to fix your lips. Like, what's changing your appearance? And right. Accepting you know, who you already are. Instead yeah. of accepting who you already are. Yeah. That just moved my spirit. People mm. do that in terms of social media with these apps. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in terms of, like, fixing things. Like, 
I didn't think about that, mm-hmm. but people do that a lot. Because I'm certain that all these people who are posting on social media... Did you know there's all types of apps? Actually, I just saw something that said they took away a filter that looked like plastic surgery on people's face because on Snapchat. I don't know. I don't have Snapchat, but I think it, it was one of those apps where they took away that filter um, that made it look like you had plastic surgery or something. And I'm assuming it's because people were really. I did hear people were taking their photos and bringing it to doctors like, this is how I want to look. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then trying to get, and getting plastic surgery to look Look like like that, that that filter. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Like, what's, why, it's not that deep. Yeah. I mean, for them, obviously, they feel like it's that deep, but it it shouldn't be that deep. And and I feel like people probably be like, well, it's my body, it's my this, it's my that, like, I can do what I want to do. Like, if I want a bigger butt, if I want bigger boobs, but I like that. What's the underlying issue of why you want these things is because you see other people on right. social media who yeah. have a bigger butt. Do you feel like you're not made the way that you're supposed to be made because you feel like you're lacking in certain areas? Right. Like, what is it? What's the real issue? Yeah. And it, I think it boils down to just, again, we've talked about before, just loving yourself. Yeah. Loving, yeah. loving who you are and how you were created. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like, oh, well, guys like this or guys like that, okay, well, I, 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 like assure you, you I assure you there's a guy that will love Exactly. Everything about you, yeah. just mm-hmm. the way you are. I went to a comedy show recently, and the first thing that the comedian like talked about was her behind. She was like, "Yeah, I have a flat behind." Like, I feel like she started going on herself first to so take the sting else. off of, yeah. in mm-hmm. case anybody else tried to say that about right. her, right? And so she started talking about what she could do with her flat behind and things like that. But I, so I was like. I don't know how I felt about it because I'm like, sis, you ain't even got to point that out. Why like, it's you, not right. Mm-hmm. It's not but even like that. But that's her way of her comic relief of that insecurity that she insecure. has. Insecure. That's what yeah. I was about to say. She's insecure about how she looks. Yeah. So, I mean. So, my secret is <laughs> love yourself <laughs> as you are. Uh-huh. Don't try to fix anything or make anything artificial. Love the skin you are in. Yes. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and now it's time for Maya's motivational moment. You may not be able to fix every problem, but it's your choice whether or not to face them. So I think that a lot of times people go into uh, situations, like when you hear other people talking about their problems and you just want to like fix it, or Mm -hmm. something happens to you and immediately you just want to fix it. Mm -hmm. But every problem is not going to be able to be fixed. But to actually face it and just to say, all right, this is an issue, like this is what's going on, and then figuring out those next steps. It may not be the absolute way to solve it because sometimes when we come up with a solution, if there's another solution that happens, we don't feel like it was fixed. Right. Mm-hmm. We feel like, um, like, oh, this problem was never solved. But really, it unfolded the way it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. So I think that actually facing a specific issue um, is more powerful than trying to fix it. Because that way, you allow the solution to kind of happen organically. And, like, for me, sometimes... There's situations that I'm like, I don't got time. Like, I say I'm mad at somebody. Somebody decided they don't want to talk to me. Oh, my, you should fix it. I don't care that much. Right? And and sometimes (laughs) I really do be like that. Right? Like, is this relationship important enough to me that I feel like I need to fix this situation? Right. And that's typically my mindset. I'll evaluate what my relationship is with the person and then decide, yeah, no, it's not that deep. Like, I got other things going on in my life. So, more recently... 
there was a situation that happened and um over social media someone I messaged somebody um I responded to someone's story on social media just asking a question in regards to the story that they posted. Mm. And I was not a fan of the way they responded to me mm. at all. So I had a couple choices <laughs> and how I was going to deal with it. Am I going to respond back? Am I just going to unfollow, block, delete? Am I going to say something to that person when I see them in person and just, you know, not say anything to the story? Like... It was a few options because I was really upset in the way that the person responded. But I looked at my relationship with that person and I'm like, is it that serious? Right, right. Um, But then also not too long ago, I had had a conversation with that person and they said, like, if I ever rub you the wrong way or if I ever do something. People always say that. Let me know. Mm -hmm. They always say that, but they don't want to hear it when it comes. But I knew for myself that I was going to feel some type of way towards that person every time I saw them if I did not address it. And I right. knew that I would be seeing that person often. So I'm like, you got to do something. Either I'm going to address it or I'm going to be petty. Like, you, you, I got to decide, right? So I decided to face the situation. I didn't know, like, if it wasn't going to be necessarily fixed. Like, you said what you said. But I was at least going to face it and it, let you right. know, you know, how I felt. So I decided to face the situation <laughs> And um, the person apologized, you know, and we cleared up the misunderstanding. And now I don't have to feel like, oh, I'm going to be petty. Or I don't have to right. feel any type of way because I faced the situation. Now, was is was there a solution? Like, I came up with some solutions as to how to respond to people so that that response won't go out to other people and they feel some type of way. Right. Now, whether or not they take that or leave it, I don't know. But at least I faced the situation. I felt good about it because I'm like, all right, now we good. We on the even playing field. Like, yeah. But are you is your relationship changed now? Um, Because I, I was going to have no more words. Like, there was going to be no more words. But I think now after addressing it, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. All right, we cool. Oh, like, okay. it's fine. So it's yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. But definitely. is that like a we cool? It's just like... I really don't care, but it's fine. Like, the situation right. is fine. Because it doesn't sound like this was somebody that, like, you would consider in your circle. Anyway. Not This person yeah. not really in my circle, but will be somebody that I would, like, see often and could possibly You're gonna be in a circle. With, yeah, that I would interact with. So, I didn't want to have that pettiness or any bad blood or any misunderstanding. So, it was better that it be addressed. Now, it wasn't on my high priority of everything. Like, not necessarily, but in that moment... There, there was an opportunity for me to face it. And so it was like, I can even leave it right here. Like, this person is right here. Address it or not address it. Right. Just going to go on and address it. And, right. you know, have that be it. So that's what we did. And, you know, it's good now. So I don't have to put on my petty hat. <laughs> keep on my pretty hat. Yeah, I was going to say, say pretty. Keep on my pretty hat. Yeah. <laughs> but back to your, um, your, your original statement about always fixing things. I had, I used to be really bad at always finding a solution. Every time someone came to me with something, I would have a solution. Right. And I get that from my dad. Yeah. And just this weekend, I was complaining about how it takes me forever to get out the house with yeah. my newborn. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I just, it just takes me so long. Da, da, da. He was, and my dad had a solution. He had, he had to fix it. He fixed right. everything. Uh-huh. But like you said, I didn't need a solution. I was just kind of venting. Yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah. I was just kind of, and like you said also, 
He didn't. Yes, yes. my mom. You got to allow the solution to come organically. Allow yes. me to go through my process yes. of getting out of the house and figure out how I'm going to do it more efficiently mm, exactly. on my own yes. instead of telling me. Because he had a, he had a solution, which is, I mean, it's reasonable. I could use his solution, but uh-huh. that might not be the solution that I need for right. my, bring for my up situation. Yes, she Very does. Very good point. Love you, Dad, though. Appreciate you. <laughs> you know, sometimes we, because we're fixers, we're just like, oh, let me give you the solution. Right. And People don't necessarily Always want solutions solution. all nope. the time. No, uh-uh. we they don't. They just want to God, <laughs> because especially when people always think that they have the right solution, or like you and never it, thought of this. Don't you think I thought of that? Right. Like, don't you think like, you, you did? Yeah. Right. We thought of this. <laughs> I just listened, maybe. Right. Sorry. Just listen. Sometimes it's it's good enough to just listen and say, "Oh man, I'm sure you'll figure it out." Yeah. Like right now, I'm just facing it. I'm, right. But like, sometimes we'll, we'll that's annoying. When people are like, I'm sure you'll figure it out. No, I want a solution. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, it's sometimes right. you want a solution. Right. But I think then that's all about communication. If I were to go to my dad and say, ah, it takes me so long to get out of the house. What do you think I should do, dad? I'm asking for a solution as opposed to him just giving me one, you know? Yeah. And then uh, on the flip side, he could just listen and that would be it. Because that's all I wanted to do was vent. So maybe I should just start listening to people until I until say, they Are ask. You looking for a solution yes. for me. So I was <laughs> going to say that it's like me and my friend had to come up with that protocol because like we would get into it all the time. Like sis, I'm not asking you to come up with anything. I'm just telling you, and you <laughs> making me important. mad yeah, because, because you trying to fix stuff that I'm not asking you to fix. Yeah. So we came up with a thing. She's like, All right, are you asking me for my advice or you just telling me? It's the same thing like when asking for opinions. People yeah. offer their opinion all the time, and you're like. I don't mm. need your opinion. And I have to do, I know I have to do better with that too. It's asking people, well, would you like my opinion or you just want to vent or whatever before you just offer it? Because it's offensive sometimes. Yeah. That's one thing they teach in my class at work. I, I always reference the class, but they say to ask people for their permission right. to, do you, do I have your permission to coach you? Do right. I have your permission to offer you a solution? So maybe I should use that in my daily life. <laughs> we fix your problem. And that way I don't have to really listen. Jazz, you're going to still listen. Okay, I'll listen. <laughs> so now it is time for Ask PMP. If you would like to ask us a question to be featured on the podcast, you can send us an email to pretty the letter in purpose at gmail.com. You can slide in our DMs at pretty underscore the letter in underscore purpose duh or pretty and purpose podcast on Facebook. If you would like pretty and purpose apparel, you can shop pretty and purpose at pretty the letter in purpose shop.com. Alrighty. So um I do have a question um from one of our listeners. That she wanted me to address. So right now is like college application time for Ooh. seniors. I don't either. She has a senior who's applying for college. Is, and she wanted to know, do we think that all African-American students should apply or be encouraged to go to HBCUs. <laughs> That's funny because I don't think any of us went to HBCUs. We did not go to HBCUs. <laughs> so, so we might be a little bit biased. I told her that like we may well, go. Well, go. I think, yes. I think the answer is yes. Because I actually wish I did go to an HBCU. Really? Yeah. 
I just think that the experience. Oh, you said you went to HBCU. I she wish. wish. Oh, you wish you did. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I just think that the experience is different. And college is something you, I agree. You with can never that. get that back, right? Mm-hmm. You can never go back. And if I could, I would totally redo my college career, and probably wouldn't be a nurse. I would find something way less stressful. Really? Yeah. Not because I don't love love being a nurse, but I just wanted to have fun. Okay. I no had problem. zero. You didn't get the fun. No. Aspect of college. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> just ish. <laughs> just have fun. Um, But I think it's important to, um, you know, be around people who are like you and who look like you. I think that's empowering Um, because at my, well, obviously at all of our our schools, there was not a lot of African-American students. And I think my experience is a little bit different because we had, I mean, I went to a PWI, predominantly white institution, but we had like a little HBCU within that right that but wrong. which is true but it's such a small and maybe you all had more i don't mm-hmm. know volume. college park is huge so right yeah, that made yeah. It and see my school all the way in delaware right. not a lot of african-americans who went there so the population was very small i think i just think it's important to be around other people who look like you i just think it's empowering to see that other that that African-Americans do go to college and do get higher education. And so for me, like working in college access for so long, like I witnessed the experiences of like students who have gone to HBCUs and students who have gone to PWIs. Um, And definitely I think it's where the student feels more comfortable. But I will say... The HBCUs, we do have to do better as far as organization yes, is concerned, Lord. as far as giving out financial aid, as far as being on top of the school and renovations and things like that, because we have a lot of HBCUs that aren't thriving as much or giving students as much um, opportunities. Now, so, is it because they don't have... Um, a lack of funding? A lack of funding. They don't have the alumni who are giving back. I don't back know about that. Their institution. I, and I, and I, I don't know. I felt like the alums were the ones that were holding it together. I, I okay. don't know. I, I'm not necessarily sure. But those are some of the things that my students who have gone to HBCUs always complain about financial aid, always complain about... Um, these people are unprofessional. So it could just be that it's a lot of that. like the staff that they the hire. Thing. So they might have the funds. It's just that the staff is not accommodating to the students. Right. And I agree with both of your sentiments. Um, <laughs> I think it depends on the student mm-hmm. and what they're looking for out of their college experience mm-hmm. and what they need. Because if you need support, you need like the maternal or that paternal figure that's going to help you push through your college experience, you might want to go to an HBCU because a PWI, I mean, University of Maryland College Park, you are a number. Like the teachers mm-hmm. don't really know who you I are. I think that depends on the size of the school too. Yes, school it does. Yeah. It yeah. depends on the size. Like the teachers don't know who you are. Yes, we have we have the Black Student Union, right? And uh, you know we have um, the MPHC and all types of other African American organizations. So it felt like a little HBCU within the realms of this big PWI instit- or predominantly white institution. So for me, you know, I saw Black people all day long, right? But see, I think it's hard at eighteen or except well, when you apply, you what seventeen or uh-huh. sixteen probably. Mm-hmm. How do you know? what in the world what you want to do I didn't know what I was looking for yeah Mm -hmm. I knew that I was looking for a nursing school and it had certain criteria for nursing specifically Mm -hmm. but as far as like 
the population at the school, I wasn't even, I don't even know if I considered that. But you know I what, what, what is, all right, so for us, right, we went to an all-girls school, so we probably knew we wanted to go to a co-ed where some people who have gone to a co-ed want to go to like an all-girl or an right, all-boy college. Right. But the other piece of it is you say, you know, um, going to college with people that look like you. Some people spend their whole entire school career with people who look True. like them and then college is the first time it's that they different. are yeah, opening Outside their eyes to other realities mm-hmm. like oh okay that's true so i think it really just depends on your experience it depends and, on uh-huh. yeah definitely because like you said if you went to if you're in a baltimore city school system your whole life you may not have gone to school with Everybody other nationalities looks like you. right, right. right. Looks like, diversity and yeah. so going to a different sc- a school that's not an hbcu it really you get that and it does yeah. and it is it's extremely important it makes you more well-rounded yeah. college in itself yes. makes you Absolutely. more well-rounded. well-rounded yeah so i think yeah. it like you said it depends but it's hard. It's challenging because at at that age, are you really thinking about that? Right. Well, I was. I will say that <laughs> coming out of our high school, well, I can say it's Western. We went to Western, the real Western all girl school in the city. The real Western. Um, coming from Western, I knew I wanted diversity and I knew I wanted to have fun in addition to my studies. So when I went to Shadow University of Maryland. I was looking for these things. Mm-hmm. I had fun when I went there. Did I see black people? Yes, I saw black people. Did I see a mixture of people? Yes, I saw a mixture. Right. And so that was important to me. So when I got there, I was like, yes, this is the place for me. Now, I will say my friends who decided to go to HBCUs, black buoy, they struggled with those pieces of organization. Yeah. I've heard stories as well. Like, I hear horror stories Mm -hmm. all the time. I didn't have that, and I'm so grateful for that. Mm -hmm. Like, going to a PWI, I'm so grateful that my financial aid showed up on time. Yeah. I didn't have to worry about getting kicked out of my classes just because it's a Monday. Just because it's a Monday. (laughs) No, but like no, I, I didn't have those. Yeah, right, right. I understand what you're saying, and like and like you said, there were certain things that you look for. Like when I chose my school, it was definitely the major. Like I felt like Stevenson had a unique major of business and communication. Those were two areas that I were inter- that I was interested in. But I also wanted to stay on campus, and I wanted to be a nice campus. Like I didn't want community bathrooms, so that was a thing for me. <laughs> yeah, we that's got what our I'm own saying. Bathroom. I have criteria. Criteria. Yeah. Yeah. criteria. Yeah, and I, like I mm-hmm. said, at that age, I feel like that's what you're thinking about. Uh-huh. When I went to went to UD and looked around. The, they had brand new dorms. They were beautiful uh-huh. compared to some of the other colleges. Now, they weren't HBCUs that I had toured. Well, I think one of, one of them was. Uh-huh. But um, their dorms were not very nice. Uh-huh. And <laughs> that was part of my criteria. I was like, oh, I can't, yeah. live, like, I can't live like this. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I think, you know, it's, it's, it's challenging at that age to, to try to really figure out what you're looking for mm-hmm. and what's important to you. I remember moving day for Stevenson. Like literally, people were lined up, up and down Owens Mills Boulevard, waving you in. Like they had the buckets ready, coming to your car, like packing your car for you. Like when I tell you, it was the smoothest, most welcoming, yeah. most inviting. You probably not get that at HBCU. No, not. listen, right? So, <laughs> like it was the best moving experience ever. Like I was so excited. Like everything was just like. 
like beautiful. And then for my best friend, when we went to her <laughs> moving day, HBCU, they handle air in the building. Yeah. They couldn't find the keys to the room. Well, but HBCU, no, like no shade towards HBCUs because you guys have better. awesome experiences, like yeah. awesome experiences. But yeah, it's just some areas that just got to do better because all PWIs are not the bomb at all. Either. No, I had community so. bathrooms and I did not have air. <laughs> right. So, mm. you know, it really just depends. I think that it's important though for no one to like, push a student to go to a specific school for their own selfish reasons. Mm-hmm, I right. think that students should go on college tours yes. because I think that college tour that we went on at Western was like one of my most memorable college tours. We went to... Oh, when we went to St. John's and Yeah, Fordham. we went to Delaware and New York to different Delaware colleges. State. I then, knew I didn't want to go to Delaware State. <laughs> right. But it exposes <laughs> you to so much. So mm-hmm. I think that the more that your child like goes and looks at different schools, they can better compare and see what they want and what they don't want. But again, I think you need to... I think it's important to have a list of those things to, to look for right okay yeah i wasn't know what to, I wasn't yeah. know what to look for okay. like you said i was looking at oh that's a nice dorm uh-huh. oh it's um it's clean and oh it's, that's important, it, it has been, <laughs> and that is important but there's a lot of things that we just talked about that i wasn't considering yeah. that made looking back had i considered those things i made a might have made a different choice got it okay and maybe the air in the dorms may not have been that high of a priority anymore okay i mean it probably would have been. Because <laughs> I need listen, air. Right. But I'm just saying, you know, some of those things that you thought was a priority, you might say, okay, you know, I can do without yeah, that. Yeah. Because, because I, it has something else that you like. Because I definitely should have went to school in New York. Got like, it. I was, <laughs> I really should have went to school in New York. I just, I'm, I regret my, my college experience. Okay. I mean, I'm proud of my degree. <laughs> I'm getting my coins. But if I could go back, I definitely would you go to a different school. Yeah. Gotcha. I loved my an amazing time Me too. <laughs> we didn't have air until my sophomore year but it was all good it was all good mm-hmm. the that's a good question <laughs> okay y'all so that's all that we have for today's episode until next time guys thanks, thanks PMP, PMP posse, posse.